Welcome to the Double Unfiltered Podcast. We are your hosts, our Mary, Dr. Nafi, and Anna Faye We are here to educate, empower, and engage you. Today's episode is going to be about tribalism. So tribalism is basically the state of being organized by or advocating for tribes or tribal lifestyles. So as human beings and in our evolution, we primarily occurred in small groups as opposed to mass society. And people naturally maintain a social network. So in talking about tribes and tribalism in Gambia, it's important that we discuss the eight main ethnic groups in the Gambia. So we practically live side by side with very minimum of um, intertribal friction which is very good and we're known for that in the Gambia. Each tribe preserving its own language, music, cultural traditions, and even caste systems. And we're gonna get into the caste systems and the effect that it has in our communities. Um, I guess firstly, I'd like to just go into the single largest ethnic group in the Gambia, which is the Mandinka. And the Mandinkas are um, cultural, agricultural people with the hierarchy stating with the nobles, then you also have the slaves. Then you also have the Wallops who are predominantly in the capital city of Manjul and um, they're prominent in the Senegambian region as well. We have the Akus who are the Christians and their descendants from freed slaves. We also have the Jola people who are predominantly organized around cultivation of rice and mainly based in the Fonyi district of the Western Division. We also have the Fulanis or the Pulfuta, and they are sometimes um, engaged in herding of cattle and um, running small corner shops. We have the Sarahuli people who are involved mainly in farming, trade, and property development. Then we have the Sereers. Yay, I'm a Sereer. So the Sereers that Dominantly involved in the fisheries and have customs and language with, which are considered very similar to the Wolof. Um, we also have the Tukulor who share very strong ties with the Fulani culture, with their history and tradition. We also have other groups like the Lebanese who live in the Gambia. We have the mm-hmm. Bambara. We have the Badikas. We have the Balanta. We have mm-hmm. the Hausa. And we also have... Um, the monk did you say Manjagos? So the yeah, Manjagos. Don't forget them. Yeah, you remember. Yeah, I gotta speak that tonight. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I was gonna be speaking the Manjago today. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 the language I'll pick today. So it's so good. <laughs> so for me, I'm gonna start with um just sharing that I'm a Serer on my mm-hmm. dad's side. And again, Serer are the third largest ethnic group in Senegal. I feel like we are we have a larger presence in Senegal than we do in oh. the Gambia. And again, we are known for um, being fishermen by trade. And also our principal uh, sport is wrestling, Buri. So, oh, Mary, maybe you can tell us um, your tribe and then Dr. Nath. Um, So my tribe is Wolof. And I don't know what we're known for, but uh, maybe eating cheddar, I guess. Or is it just good food? 
so I mean I, I don't know what we do but that's what I am right well I it's interesting how we all belong in different tribes I love that um my my tribe is Mandinka uh and I think Mandinkas we we originated from the Mali empire and so you know I'm not sure if we have one kind of tribe uh, um, like trade that we're mm-hmm. known for. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, I think that we're into a lot of different things. We do agriculture, but like, um, you know, like, like uh, Anna said before, there's different caste systems within each tribe. Mm-hmm. So I guess, you know, the different caste systems are known for doing different various things, depending on where you fall into, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. But yeah, I, I, I'm from the Mandinka tribe. Okay, so let's get right into it, because today we're going to discuss some of the toxic Mm -hmm. tribalism that we have going on in Mm -hmm. our country. So what is toxic tribalism? Toxic tribalism is basically a loyalty to one's own tribe or social group to the point that dogma and dysfunction becomes Mm -hmm. the standard. Now, this we definitely have it happening in our country. In Gambia, you have um, basically two key characteristics that will identify a human being or a person as being a toxic Mm -hmm. tribalist. First is the demonization, right, Mm -hmm. of a tribe. So if you find yourself labeling Mm -hmm. another group as being stupid or evil or racist Mm -hmm. or demon or scum, Mm -hmm. you know, and so on and Mm -hmm. so forth you can almost be sure that they are in the mindset of toxic tribalism. And we definitely mm-hmm. have that. Even in our mm-hmm. households, you will find us calling certain tribes yep. names that Absolutely. are not nice, that are derogatory. Absolutely. Another characteristic is unconscious behavior mm-hmm. and attitudes. So when it comes to having unconscious behavior, it shows in many forms. Like you'll be screaming you're not entertaining any, you know, anybody's ideas. You're very close-minded. You're very violent. And then the list goes on. So when anyone wants to talk about another tribe that you don't agree with or you don't like, it's almost like you lose your senses and you don't really think mm-hmm. clearly. I'm going to You know, so that, that, that's like that close off like, I don't want to hear anything about another tribe that I've already mm. decided that is less yeah. than. So we have that culture within us and it affects a lot of us. It affects us in our marriages because there's a lot of intermarrying or sometimes it stops you from marrying the person you want to marry because your family thinks that that person might be coming from a tribe that's yeah. less than mm-hmm. or not on the same level mm-hmm. as they are. So ladies, I wanted us to jump in and just start discussing yeah. that and how it affects us as, as mm-hmm. a community. Um, what I would share, I mean, as you're talking and it reminded me just, you know, this little story that I have. Um, when I first, um, you know, after living in the United States for so long, I, um, you know, decided to relocate back to Gambia slash um, Spain. But anyway, um, my first time back a couple years ago, um, I remember my first trip um, going into Africa was going to Senegal. And um, I went into Senegal, you know, I guess being away for so long and then 
having that um, humility instilled in me, you know, just really from being at home, but then it kind of, you know, something that I grew up um, with is just, you know, I remember my dad is always like, no matter whatever you have, make sure you're humble, you know, your humility will take you places. And having that plus empathy, it was really, really tough um, for me to go into seeing, um, uh, you know, going into Senegal, I think was my first stop. And then seeing how maids are treated, I could not take it. I could not take it. I would, I would call my husband every night crying. And I said, I cannot see it because, um, you know, and, and it's not like, you know, now that you're there for a while, it's not like they were being treated any differently, but I guess I'm just not used to it. Um, and it just, um, hit you differently because, you know, they have to eat in a different, you know, kitchen, like, you you have to eat separately you and the family and then the maids are not eating in the same bowl and for me like I didn't grow up around that like for us we grew up with the maids eating in the same bowl um it didn't matter you know whoever your status or whatever that is and so seeing that or where they stayed um you know having a different bed from a your different plush bed like um so I guess you know and it, it goes back into those tribes because most most of them that are uh, mates in the Gambia or even Senegal, they're Jolas. And, um, you know, they're considered, I guess, the slaves or, or less than. And it was just something I could not, I could not do. Um, really, it, it was really painful um, for the first few trips going back and forth um, until, you know, now that's a little bit um, better that I'm used to. But it's one of those things that... Um, I think when you go into the country, especially going into the Gambia and you see that, um, it's very common. I mean, don't get me wrong. You go to people's homes, you know, the mates are like yelled at, um, hey, do this, hey, do that. And for me, I consider them a house help. Like they're just helping you. Um, they're no different from if you hired them in the U.S. or in, in, an, in a European country. So they just house help, let them help you and, you you know, treat them with dignity and so on. And that's one thing I think it starts with the tribalist um, mentality of, you know, well, they're less than anyway. And for us growing up, you know, it was mainly the Jolas. But now you get to see more and more and more, you know, different tribes getting into it. Like, you know, in our home, uh, my parents' home, we had um, a young Sarah girl that, you know, couldn't afford school. So this is what she was doing to go to school and be able to pay for her um, university um, mm -hmm schooling so you know she would be a house help um and in turn you know we kind of helped her stay there and so on but um you know i think going back to the the effects of tri um, tribalism like in gambia it's really really heavy right now especially um you know in terms of the uh, um, politics that's going around if you look at all these um, political um, parties that are that are uh, built up um, created um, you know, before it used to be it's about elites and non, but now it's like, you know, it's more Mandinkas and then, you know, the Jolas have their own, the Fullers have their own, um, and then the rest kind of have um, a little bit more modernized. I guess they're more into that there's a, uh, um, you know, the CA and the, um, the DOI, you know, uh, they kind of all combine in a mix. And so I think you get to see like, you know, it's still that division. I think going back to Anna's point, you always constantly hear like, you saw say, you're doing social Ken. 
and mm. you know Joel Ailey and Wall of Dust and this and that and it's it's been in our culture for a very long time mm-hmm. and you know even more so when it's stamped now with this caste system where you can intermarry and so on and so forth so mm-hmm. it's a broad topic and I think we can all share um, your our experiences but um, mm-hmm. I'd like to hear what Nafi has to share for sure so I don't you know talk a lot more and get to hear what what your options and your opinions are thanks Ella. i actually you you know you guys just you spoke on it very eloquently um it, you know just like you said uh, 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 anna or is it our why, why do you both have to have your names be a i'm calling anna our, i'm calling our, what can anna. you say what can you say we're just the best but i'm not our i'm our mary so oh mary that is true um, so my, the, the, the thing is, um, I totally agree with what you're saying, oh, Mary, because in, in Gambia, what we do, so toxic tribalism, what it does is that, is that it, it breeds uh, intolerance and it breeds uh, animosity towards people. So, for example, and, and I have to say that it is, this, is hard to, this is hard to speak it because I, I, am, I am one of the people who are fr- who's from the larger tribe, Mandinkas and Wolofs. We are the biggest tribes in Gambia. And I have to say, we sometimes minimize the smaller tribes, and that is the truth. So you hear traditionally or culturally, who, who I, I am very curious to find out who made the Jolas the lowest class. Well, how did that start in Gambia? And why are they considered lower than a Wolof or a Mandinka or a Fula, right? So you hear people, I'll tell you guys a story. And this is, you know, like it's, it's from a, 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 a family member who told me this, that when she was younger, she um, in class, they were writing, the teacher was writing down everybody's uh, uh, tribes based on their last names. And so she, um, when they told her that she was a Jola, she started crying. So her mom is Mandinka and her dad is like Jola or something like that, right? So technically based on her last name, she's a, he's, she's a Jola. But as a child, when she was told by the teacher that her, her like she was gonna be considered a Jola, she started crying so hard because she said that she was not, you know, a Jola, she does not want to be a Jola. She said to the teacher, I am a Mandinka because her mom was Mandinka. So she didn't want to be associated with a Jola. And, and she said to me, now I am embarrassed as an adult to think back on that and see how I was fighting so hard to not be my tribe. Mm-hmm. And you know what that mm-hmm. said to me is that we teach children from a very early age, mm-hmm. this, this tribe is bad. That tribe is lower. You never mm-hmm. want to be a tribe, but that is really it's 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 very toxic, right. and we're not doing we're not doing our children and our future uh, 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 family any you know we're doing them disservice by right. teaching children to be that intolerant. Why right. would a small child feel so negatively towards being a Jola that she was crying that she does not want to be that? Mm. What does that say to us as a community or as a society? Where did she learn that to have mm-hmm. that much type of animosity or embarrassment towards a, a, a particular tribe? Mm-hmm. And so pretty much what we do is you would hear, um, and, and this even now, unfortunately, I see that even now in our culture, where somebody 
who may be fuller or somebody who may be another language, they don't want to speak their language because they are made to feel embarrassed of who they are. So they want to blend in by speaking Wolof because right. they were more accepted if they spoke that. Why? So my thing is, why is that? That'd be interesting you know, to hear. Do you guys have a, 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 any any take on that? Because I, I I have a feeling that as Wolofs and Mandinkas, as the biggest tribes, we have a responsibility to not make other people feel less than, to make them feel that they are inferior unless they become or conform to what we what we do. If we're going to be honest, that's basically how the tribes we make other. Uh, uh, tribes feel like they are less than. So everybody feels this need to conform, right? So for me, if I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest, in my, in, my, in my family, I have cousins who are Mandinka like me, right? Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, my cousin's Mandinka, I'm Mandinka. But at the same time, I see my cousins trying to speak Wolof to me. And I say to them, why are you speaking Wolof to me? Yo sourcinga man sourcela. Why is the need? And it goes the same way for a fuller kid. There's nothing wrong with learning other people's language, but if you are made to feel like you have to conform to be accepted, that's where the problem is. So for me, when I'm with a friend who speaks Wolof I, and, and they, they can't speak Mandinka, I speak Wolof to them. If I'm with somebody who speaks Mandinka, who is Mandinka, I speak Mandinka to them. Because you know what I mean? Because I feel like sometimes people want to conform so much. I know people whose names are something like, uh, like in Mandinka, the, like if somebody's Mandinka and their name is, is Kadi, right? Hmm. They would change their name to Hadi. We see that on social media. We see that everywhere else because they are trying to conform to be better accepted. And I think that that's sad. You know, because to me, it seems like you're having issues with your identity and who you are, and you feel the need to change who you are. Nobody, no tribe in Gambia should feel that, um, what, do you, what do you say, uh, how do you say that, should feel no embarrassed about themselves that they need to change who they are. There are, there are, mm-hmm. there are some Jolas whose last names are Sane, and this way to God, they're Mandinkas. Why? Because they feel more accepted if they are Mandinka because it's a bigger tribe than being a Jola. You must speak for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This reason why people are made to feel embarrassed of who they are, right? And so I feel mm-hmm. it all comes or branches from this, you know, a feeling of superiority that some of us have over other cultures. And my mom has always said, it's the tone that you say something, Right? So, for mm-hmm. example, Sunit Sunit ne Olafbi, right? So your mm-hmm. Olaf, for example, so 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 wala 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 so skivi serirbi, right? Ngaromba ngaromba nit, you know, koko nela ne ah yolanga jolanga. Ngane asta for life manjola. What is that? Let's ask ourselves that. What is that? That 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 derogatory way of expressing ourselves ne wow. Why are mm-hmm. we always being condescending? Because I remember this one time, Masumaya, we were walking somewhere and there was a fuller lady who um, my mom was talking to her 
or she was talking to my mom, right? And so the lady spoke, um, or my mom was trying to talk to the, to the lady. And my mom just spoke, I think, uh, either Mandinka or Wolof to the lady. And the lady spoke Fula back to my mom, right? So mm-hmm. at this time, most people in Gambia, all of a sudden they become defensive. Right. As if, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So the tone that we use with each other is very derogatory. So my mom, what she said to the lady was, she said to the lady, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't, I don't understand Fula very much. The only thing I understand is Tanala. And then the lady laughed and said, and replied to my mom. And my mom said, but I'm working on my Fula. But all I know is really, you know, I don't know Fula at this time. And the lady was very receptive to that humbleness because my mom did not degrade her and say, Mandeguma Fula Musalma. And that's what we do to each other. We, we, we are always trying to downplay each other's importance and that's what breeds this kind of intolerance that we have. So I'm going to stop here for now and give it to Anna so you can kind of say a little bit about what you've seen or noticed about this. And then we'll come back again and talk more about uh, the caste system part of things. Yeah, I actually was just going to um, add to what you said, Nafi, because I agree with you and our Mary that um, tribalism is taught in many of our Gambian homes. We use very implicit stereotypes. Mm-hmm. We we make sure that there's an there's the message implies there's an intent to ridicule mm-hmm. people. And um, our Mary had mm-hmm. mentioned you'll hear in in homes people say social mm-hmm. social ken. You'll hear in Mandinka homes they always Mandinka ba. It all tribes mm-hmm. are small, so there's there's mm-hmm. the ding that they like mm-hmm. to add to all the other tribes. So it's a Jola ding, it's a Fulan ding, mm-hmm. it's a Sarawin ding, mm-hmm. it's a Surwa Jamba Katang. So all these words that you're saying, Nafi, I'm sure I, I was butchered that word. Anna, but... I'm impressed, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so you you also hear the wall of say, pull Jamfarek. So, wow. wow. So you have, we have to understand that you know, we as a people are tired of the bigotry and the hypocrisy of of this trying to separate Gambian people because this is not how we right. used to be. Actually, we were very much one mm-hmm. people. We celebrate our right. own tribes. We celebrate our traditions and our differences. But we also have this thing called mm-hmm. color that kind of kept us together, mm-hmm. right? So, come jola bi ak sirirbi. Then you also have polbi mm-hmm. and tukulorbi mm-hmm. So there's a beauty that we had in our differences, but at the same time, we intermarried so much that there's a there was a togetherness. And I feel like after the evil 22 years of Yaya Jame and him using tribal mm-hmm. politics, it really further had this divisive attitude that brought it brought back into our mm-hmm. cultures. But I think we also have to think about the fact that when you look at Gambia today, our society is still influenced. I mean, though at a, at a, at a much lesser mm-hmm. extent by this hierarchy of, of, of caste yeah. structure yeah. of its caste. So mostly the people of the Mandinkas 
Sirir, Wolof, and Tukulor were organized according to a caste mm -hmm. system. And the system was closely aligned with the division of mm -hmm. labor. And the order is clearly associated with political mm -hmm. power. So there was this clear consensus on the basis of caste division in, in our society or where, for example, when it comes to the, the cultures, you have the Wolof and the Mandinka's structures, mm -hmm. although you had other um, structures also applied mm -hmm. to the Sirir and the Tukulu, but it's more dominant in the Wolof. The Wolofs, they have these basic three divisions mm -hmm. of the caste. So first, you have the, mm -hmm. the gear. So the gear are considered the nobles and the landowners. Then you also have the artisans. The artisans are considered um, the traders. So for the blacksmith or the metal workers, they're, they're called the tiga. Mm -hmm. Then you have the leather workers and they're the udi, nyumnyu udikati. Mm -hmm. Then you have the wood carvers, and these people would also be part of the, the artisans, but they're called the libu. Mm. And then you have the cloth weavers, and they're considered rabakati, mm -hmm. rabak. Then below them, you have the griots. Now, the griots, we all know, they're the ones that praise the royal family and sing for them and entertain them. Then below that was also the, the slaves who are considered the jam. So this is just within the Wolof structure of the caste right. system. Now, we're in 2020, right. and I personally know mm -hmm. people who have been educated in mm -hmm. the Western world, who are coming from wealthy families. When they fall in love mm -hmm. with someone who happens to fall into one of these caste systems, they're not allowed to actually get That's married. True. Sometimes women are forced to either get pregnant by the man so that you can get married by force or you you basically would rather be disowned by mm -hmm. your family just so you can marry the individual right. you want to marry and spend the rest of your mm -hmm. life with. So it's like, I understand that Jame brought this tribalist politics into our country and there's divisiveness. I remember growing up in Gambia when everybody spoke Wolof, no matter what right. tribe you were, Wolof was kind of like that common language that we all, but all it was. spoke. Even if you speak but it was Mandinka, the, but it was you speak the official Wolof. language. It was. Exactly. But nowadays, having lived in Gambia the two years yeah. that I lived there, when you speak to a Mandinka person, Wolof, they look at you like you are from mm -hmm. Mars. And it, it was so shocking for me. And then as um, Dr. Nafi said, it's the mm -hmm. attitude and the mm -hmm. offensiveness that they have that how dare you speak mm -hmm. Wolof to them. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. Mm -hmm. Like growing up, you could speak Wolof to anybody. And they mm -hmm. guess what? They understand mm -hmm. what you're saying. They just refuse to respond to you mm -hmm. in Wolof. So then they'll respond to you in Sose mm -hmm. or Mandinka and you can't speak it. So now there's no going any further with the mm -hmm. communication. So I feel like there needs to be some kind of a healing for us Gambians to come back together as a people and stop trying to divide each other and look at our differences. And I think it's also the responsibility of the politicians mm -hmm. to stop this divide rhetoric that they keep spewing people like Ahmad Ba, the minister mm -hmm. of tourism who had made comments not too long ago um, very derogatory comments towards one mm -hmm. of the tribes and he had a huge backlash and I feel like we need to encourage that more so that as Gambians yeah. we say we don't want this 
We don't support this. We want Gambians to be Gambians before your tribe and, and, and your ethnic group comes mm-hmm. into play. You're right. No, definitely. You made a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I do have a question for you guys, though. Okay. Because um, you know me. I'm always trying to be a devil's advocate, which is what right. this platform is for, right? So right. I never knew that. So you, you you just said that Wolof was the official language of Gambia? It was. So it what, was, I mean, what? aside from English, it was Wolof, uh, mainly because the um, the influence of Senegal. Um, during that time. So it used to be Wolof, I remember. I mean, Wolof, and Wolof was even actually even considered one time being, um, you know, taught in schools and such. Like, I remember this, obviously, because my dad shared that information. But it was Wolof. So my question is, mm-hmm. why why is why was Wolof the official language? And that's what I said. It oh. was probably, it was, I think it was the influence of Senegal. Because, and you know, the Senegambian, you know, at that time with Abdujouf and the... Um, president, because I remember even um, like if you look at history during like um, the coup that they have in back in 1981. I mean, I wasn't in Gambia or anything, but um, that it was the sh- uh, the uh, soldiers from Senegal that actually came and helped, just like they've done with Jawara and now with Jame. So I think it's the influence of Senegal and majority of uh, Gambia. Gambia is not a you know a country with with tribes in. It's it's like Diki Dajela or whatever they call it. It's right. like a melting pot, right. like in the United States. People are not from Gambia. Mm-hmm. People are from Senegal coming in. So it was, um, you know, or people are from Mali or Guinea that came in and settled. Right. Right. Um, right. So, and I think that's probably why a lot of influence from Senegal, maybe at that time. I don't know why, but that's my my main I've guess. It was the Wolof. That's really, I mean, I've never heard, I mean, growing up in Gambia, I've never heard that Wolof was the official language. And, mm-hmm. and, what I would say, and what I would say about that, what that reminds me, because just like Anna was just saying, that back in the day, everybody spoke Wolof, a new Wolof. Yeah. And then now all of a sudden, people don't want to speak Wolof. I think what that does is, is that it, it, like in the US, it makes people become more complacent. Mm-hmm. Like we, we become mm-hmm. almost... We have this feeling of entitlement that everybody has to speak my language. Mm-hmm. And America, mm-hmm. most Americans think that everybody else who comes here needs to speak English, right? So the because it's the it's the majority, it's it's what the majority is speaking. So therefore, we marginalize the 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 ones that are the you know the the smaller tribes, and we say to them, in order for you to matter, you need to speak my language. And I think that's the problem, because if you look at it. Today, I don't think that any one uh, tribe needs to be the one overly spoken than anybody, anything else. I think that's the same kind of effect we still have in Gambia, where people feel they need to change who they are to be accepted socially. Because if you think about it, how would you feel as a fuller if people are telling you, back in the day, everybody spoke Wolof, so you better get with the program and learn Wolof. If you are... Well, Dr. Nasi, if I could just jump in, Um, it's also important to have a common language so we can communicate, right? So, for example, um, even if we have however many tribes that we have in the country, we still need one common language so all of us can Mm -hmm. communicate. So when you go to Tanzania, Mm -hmm. for example, there's plenty other languages, but everybody speaks Mm -hmm. Swahili because 
that's the one common language. It doesn't mean it's the only language. It's the dominant language because it's that language that allows us to speak to the Kikuyu. It's the language that allows us to speak to the Maasai. Oh, so different, different tribes are speaking Swahili? Yes. That's, right. Right. that's, Every that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. But, but where did Swahili mm -hmm. come from? Is Swahili uh, from a particular one tribe? The language? It's basically the national. It's basically language, the national yes. language, right. Wolof just Wolof. like yeah. Wolof was the Thank national you. language. So before English and before Portuguese and before mm. French and before all these colonial languages, there's one common language that every country you go to, everybody speaks mm -hmm. that, so we can right. communicate. And usually it does come from the dominant mm. tribe, but not all the time. So, for example, also if you go to Rwanda, well, I mean there whether you're Hutu or you're Tutsi, everybody, or you're Twa, everybody speaks um, mm -hmm. here Your mom, they just have one language. So okay. you find that it's very common in most countries and cultures where, you know, there's one common language that all nationals speak. Right. Okay. I mean, it's not, and it's not to say that, you know, like other tribes, are, are you know, one's better than the other. But I think right. what, what it goes down to it is like everybody needs to be proud of who you are, regardless of what it is. But um, I'm all for, you know, having the national language, which we had. And right now it's what what's happening now is everybody believes that their language should be the national language. Like you need to speak my language. And that's where it's really hard because when we were growing up, like we said, we had the national language. It was Wolof because of Senegal. And I think it had a lot, the influence of Senegal to deal with that because we could communicate between lines because, you know, Gamitsin speak, speak French. So mm -hmm. Wolof was the main thing. And then the, the transatlantic, the, um, especially when it comes to, you know, during the slavery time or whatever, it was very mm -hmm. easy to communicate between Senegal and Gambia because most of the families were coming, migrating through Senegal to come in, whether you were going through Guinea, you were going through Senegal to come into Gambia. So I think that's how really the Wolof became the dominant language. And now, you know, because, you know, when we had, you know, Jamaism is what I call it, you know, um, uh, so, you know, when he came along and he was like, no, you know, the Wolof had all these things. Now he wants to bring in and change things, you know, with the Jola and everybody wants to speak their own different language. I'm all for that. But I think it's very important to have at least one common language and that people get to to understand that. However, for me, it's like, um, you know, the, the 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 lines, I feel like they are definitely um, very, very more drawn now than it was. Like if you go to Senegal, there's no such thing as ki pulla. This one is fulla. This one is that. I mean, deep down, you know, this is what they are, but it's mm -hmm. not the main thing. Everybody speaks Wolof and that's it. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you're Bambara, you speak Wolof. You are, you know, Sarahule, you speak Wolof. Like this is just what it is. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, there, it's no so much thing like, oh, Makisal, for example, is the president or mom, you know, Domi Walafla, and then that's mm -hmm. it. Whether it was Magisal or Abdujuf or whoever, you know, you were Senegalese. And I think what we need to just really mm -hmm. um, be proud of is that we are Gambian. Yes. We are Gambian, and it needs to be we're Gambian and not 
I am Fula, I am this, I'm that, and whatever it is. Like yeah. I always say I'm a proud Gambian. Yeah. I mean, yes, obviously my dad's tribe is Wolof, but mm-hmm. what does that mean really at the end of the day? I mean, this is what it is. I just speak the language, but is there something meaningful around it? I don't know. I wasn't taught that. Like we were not right. taught that in school. It was right. just, you know, we were all Gambians growing up. So yeah. the the things now with the lines and then the caste system that Anna talked about a little bit. Mm-hmm where, you know, we all have family members or at least no friends who wanted to get married and they're like, no, you cannot get into the caste. You know, this, you can't marry this one. I remember, you know, um, one particular time where a friend of mine was, um, was well, somebody wanted, you know, to ask her uh, hand. And I remember, you know, she had another friend and the friend was like, you cannot marry that person. And I was like, why? It's like, oh, because like we the noble ones and I looked I mean I remember looking at her like bitch please you know because (laughs) I literally was just thinking noble where like get over yourself you know what I mean and you know when she made that comment I was thinking oh so you think you're better than me like I was thinking in the eyes of the Lord we're all the same we're all equal Mm-hmm. and you thinking that because your I don't know ancestors some of them were you know from the royal family and who knows if they are I mean we all are like you know but anyway it's just it makes you think about all these primitive way of thinking and it mm-hmm. being right now in this 21st century in 2020 for goodness sakes yeah. that it's still happening that people yeah. are not marrying because this one is from the griot um, that one is you know the the artisan and you know, Tegala and this one Gewella and the other one is the, the noble one, the Gear and whichever one there is. And it's just like, you know, those are the type of things that is really pushing back our society mm-hmm. when it comes to everything, just civilization and moving forward really is pushing us way, way back when it comes to tribalism and caste system. These are things mm-hmm. that, you know, I don't, I, at least for tribalism, I think it's getting worse. The caste system, I, I would say it's getting a little better but it's definitely pushing us way back, you know, um, from our from our civilization as as people. Right. right. Mm-hmm. I I totally agree. And the thing is, that's that's pretty. Oh, I get so frustrated about this because we all have or we um, associate with a tribe. But if we're gonna be honest in Gambia, everybody is related to everybody else, and so this notion that we have to be, um, you know, loyal to just one group or I am, mm-hmm. just, I am just that in my family, like I just told you guys, right? So my, I, 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 I um, based on my life, right? I, I am considered a Mandinka, right? Because my mom mm-hmm. and dad are, are technically Mandinka. On my mom's side, mm-hmm. my grandmother, she is, uh, she, her, her family is Wolof. She's from Am- Amar like her from Banjul. So I said to Amar, is her, gra- is her mother, my grandma's. So I said to Amar would be my grandmother. And she came from the Makode Amars, all those people from Senegal. And they're Wallace. And she all, part of her family is also from the Nars. We are related to the Akus. I mean, by the end of the day, we're related to everybody. Exactly. That's why we're so, a melted pot. You know? So when I hear people get so condescending with each other. And I am one who doesn't necessarily believe that because you are the biggest tribe, therefore you get to dictate how everything else works. 
That's not right. Because if you think right. when we live in the U.S., we are a minority here. But we want for our rights to be given to us. We want the right to be able to peacefully um, um, practice our religion. How about if we live here and they tell us that this is a Christian country, you are not allowed to build mosques here, you are not allowed to be who you are. So this same notion that sometimes in Gambia where we get a little over the top and be intolerant between the Christians and the Muslims when it comes to who, who is real Gambian. We all are the God damn it. What the hell is wrong with people? Well, go, go, girl. Okay. Go right? God. Well, God didn't do anything to you, but okay. <laughs> right. No, I get it for sure. These little. So when we come to a foreign country like America, we want people to give us uh, respect as a minority. But when right. we are in Gambia, we do not want to give the same damn respect to the minority groups. That's the honest truth. If you are Jola, if you're uh, like Manjago or something, people treat you like you're nobody. And the worst part of all of it, really, the worst part of all of it is we all claim to be all these pious, you know, religious, whether you're Muslim or Christians. Like, let's just be honest here, because the Lord says, you know, you you know, you're all the same. You we have to have empathy and we don't have that. We claim that, but we don't. Like, why is it that for me, why is it that you cannot eat in the same, you know, place? I'm just not even talking about the same bowl. It's just the same area with your maid or house help or people that don't live. Like, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? For me, that's one. That's that's my biggest pet peeve in Gambia. And I know there's so many homes like that. They eat outside. We eat inside. And I'm like, no, I'm going to eat where they're eating because then I'm not better than them. And, you know, you constantly see that. Exactly. And that's where it's coming from because, you know, we're creating that. And so, but I have to, I have to say that when it comes to, you know, especially the Mandinkas being the biggest tribe Mm -hmm. in the Gambia um, and, you know, basically imposing their, their strength in numbers upon the smaller groups. But when it comes to marriage, (laughs) that goes right out the door, my sister, because we all know Mandinka men, their dream is to marry a Wolof woman. Can I get an amen? So this is what I'm saying. Okay. A Mandinka man will tell you the day I become rich, I am going to marry me a Wolof woman. Why? Because Jigini all of the But hold up, hold up, hold up on the same saying though. Why is it the Wolofs are always saying ne so said so can why so do go resource in you and say let's talk about it. So well, this, well, maybe they're coming with machine guns and they're coming yeah, okay. like when they say the Mandingos, there's a, there's, a, there's a thing behind it, you know? So maybe they're coming with so ridiculous. That's what it is, right? Because we all know, we all know right. being more kapoch doesn't have to come as a tribe. I'm not so say, I'm not Jola, I'm not full well, of force. But we, I mean, we all say these sayings and they carry an undertone. Is yes. No, we don't yes, understand that we use it as jokes, but they carry undertones through generations. Absolutely. And Absolutely. that's why I always tell everybody that 
a lot of the things that we laugh about, even in the U.S., you'll hear white people, you go to have dinner, I don't, like an all-white family sits there and they laugh at a racial joke because it's a no big deal. Ha, 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 black people are right. Ha, 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 black people will steal your money, right? If we mm-hmm. don't make those mm-hmm. kinds of jokes at the dinner table, that's what, that's what uh, um, uh, it turns into something else and it becomes, it perpetuates these kinds of sayings. So for yeah. me, but mm-hmm. nothing, but nothing, it, it's also rooted in truth, right? Because every joke and, and every sarcasm, sometimes also some stereotypes are also rooted in not some kind of truth. Because when you, when you, when you, not necessarily, but sometimes. So when you, for example, take the saying that they say in the, every Mandinka man wants a wall of woman, because in the wall of culture, right, the, there's, there's definitely something called more kaput, which describes the art of pleasing and winning over a man through culinary skills, through good manners, submission and sexual prowess of mm-hmm. a woman. So in the wall of culture, this is something that is taught to the women. So they're seen as knowing how to take care of a home differently, knowing how to take care of a man differently in the bedroom. That's not to say that the Fula and the Mandinka and the, and the Manjago don't know how to take care of their homes and their men. It's done differently in a way that other men see it as something that they prefer. Now, what I'm saying is it doesn't have to be a negative thing. It doesn't have to be an, a something that other tribes and other women right. are offended by. You can learn from each other. Because when you get married into a fuller family as a woman and you're um and you're not fuller, you're gonna learn what that right. culture does, how they cook, how they how they um take care of their men, what their men like. You're gonna right. learn the language. So there's also this like. I feel like there's this defensiveness that comes from the cultures where it's like, you know where that comes it's from? like, it doesn't have to be yeah. like that. Like we can all learn from Absolutely. each other and improve. Absolutely. Where that comes from, Anna, it's because people are made to feel less than. That's why people yeah. are defensive. This is a psychological, from a psychological point, this has nothing to do with culture, but from a psychological point, if a person is made to feel less than, or if a person to make make is made to feel like, well, I am superior than you, they will they will also become defensive. And that's whether you are a Mandinka, mm-hmm. you are a Wolof, you are a Fula or a Jola. And so mm-hmm. that's why overall, if you look at it, all of the all of the, the, the tribes in Gambia, they all have something that the other doesn't have. That's the bottom truth. Yeah. So what we can do is we all need to learn from each other and your difference, like this person, the differences that we have right? We should be celebrating it. For example, if, uh, if, uh, if people are doing inter-tribal inter, um, inter, uh, marriages, right? Mm-hmm. right? What we usually do is, is, is what we need to do is instead of putting the other side down, we need to celebrate each other. And what we do is we put the other side down. That's the truth. We always do that. If you're a Mandinka, you will say something like, you know, oh, you know, uh, um, uh, it's a word that they say in Mandinka. So if I say it, you guys are not going to really understand it. But really, in Mandinka, they call uh, Wolof or Wolof women or somebody who is... Um, they call them Surua, no? No, Surua just means Wolof. That's what oh, it okay. Yeah, Surua means Wolof. Um, uh, so the, the, the words that they use is just, it's not, it's, a, it's not complimentary. 
right? I see. And so they will say, like, uh, kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And, so, and so what they would do, if you listen sometimes, even in Wolof or in Mandinka, when people are married, like you have inter-tribal inter, uh, uh, marriages, right? Mm-hmm. There's always one side, well, not one side, there's always different sides putting each other down. Mm-hmm. The Mandinka's putting the Wolof down. The Wolof is putting the Mandinka down, you know, and, and that kind of mentality, it's what's breathing this tribalism that we have. Is right. that can we not celebrate each other's difference? But it's mm-hmm. power struggle. Everybody is trying to say, well, I am more than, I am more than, so I should be the boss of you. Nobody's mm-hmm. the boss of anybody. That's right. And, but we have this thing that we need to talk about. We're not talking about it. But at the end of the day, the Wolofs are marrying the Mandinkas. The Fulas are marrying the Serials. We are all marrying each other. There is a reason why we're doing that. Because if the others, if, if one person is bad, then the other, as we say, we wouldn't be marrying them. And I mean, then, at the end I, of the day, I don't think that anybody can claim that I'm 100% this. Like, I'm saying... Is. Yeah, I'm saying I'm I'm well off, but if I, you know, my right. dad's, you know, grandmother was a fuller lady. The other one was Tukulur. Right. You know, my kids, uh, my husband is a pair, you know, supposedly he's Tukulur mixed with fuller and, and well off. I mean, I, like, you know, at the end of the day, I don't think anybody, any one person in Gambia can be like, I'm 100% Mandinka or I'm 100% Jola. I'm, right. It's oh, just like, not yeah. like that. Like we've been a melting pot for so long, for how many years? So right. when you even hear these things, I always say it as just lack of confidence and ignorance. That's what just all this is. That's what really, I, I, it, it really yeah, is. And, Go ahead, Anna. You know, we also have to remember that back in the days when, especially because we come from patriarchal um, exactly. societies, marriage marriage was basically the oldest establishment for human behavior providing mm-hmm. kinship kinship mm-hmm. and also used as peacemaking between mm-hmm. tribes so you have to remember that the exchange of women between social groups or families was a great of great significance basically what it did was it showed strong allegiance and between the different tribes because if i give you my daughter mm-hmm. And if you give me your daughter, then we're tied together in peacemaking. So now that we're in the 20th century, we're in 2020, and people are talking about, you can't give me, we're not at war. We get it. Back in the day, it was done to keep peace. But what it also did was when you give your daughter to a family, she brings her culture and her, her traditions and her language and music. So this new family gets to learn a new language because so what you breastfeed is what you're going to speak. So if your mother is Jola and you've been married into mm-hmm. a fuller family, your children are going to be speaking Jola. So everyone in the household is eventually going to learn Jola because the woman is speaking to her children in her mm-hmm. mother tongue. And that's what, what she breastfed. And you also bring in the, the dance. You also bring in the music. So it really was a way of tying us together mm-hmm. as the people. And I just feel like it's so pathetic that in 2020, we're trying to keep families apart because yeah. you don't want to be associated For with sure. a certain tribe. Absolutely. It should be seen as an right. asset. Like if the Jola gets married into the Serer family, now you can say my children speak Serer and they mm-hmm. speak Jola. Sumadomi, they can dance mm-hmm. Serer dance and they can dance mm-hmm. Jola dance. They can cook Chere and they can also make 
whatever food Amen. the dollar women mm-hmm. make. Yeah. You know, so it's like it, it's an added asset and it enriches you as a woman as, as well as yeah. your children because now they're even mm-hmm. more exposed. You see in the in the Western world when a German marries uh, someone from from let's right. say London, the children are speaking English right. and German. If a French man marries someone from from Germany. Now you have French and German mm-hmm. in the yeah. family. And one parent is going to be in charge of speaking one language mm-hmm. to the child while the other parent is concentrated on speaking their language. So now it's an added asset. And you happen to live in France. So you're speaking French, you're speaking German, and then you yeah. learn English in school or, or whatever third language. Now when they grow up, you know, their paycheck just went triple right. digits because they have all these added as why can't we see it like that as Gambians? Why can't we see each other's languages and tribes and cultures as right. an added asset That's instead of the situation of viewing each other right. of less than like, what is the fear? Like, the, because I feel like it's also rooted in fear. It you is. know, we have to talk about this, this whole thing about, Hey, you send family. <laughs> <laughs> Am I lying? Where, Ladies, man, am I lying? I don't know which family, who, who is. Family. Family. <laughs> I'm like, like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, which one? Because I don't know. My family, la. Somebody fill me in. You know, and that has nothing to do with tribe. Sometimes it's just, you know, back in the days, there's some families that practice right. witchcraft. And it was passed on from generation to generation. It happens all over Africa. It's also in East Africa where certain families are known for practicing mm-hmm. witchcraft. And people are scared to marry into those families because they don't know if they'll put a spell mm-hmm. on you. So that's I the see. fear behind it. So I understand that when it comes to the, you know, the fear behind witchcraft. But as tribes, what are we scared of? So scared of from each other that we wouldn't want our children to mm-hmm. intermarry. Uh, it, my, I, mean, I think did, that's what that I was happen? saying, that it's at the end of the day, you asked the same question that Nafi said. For me, like, where's all this deprived, mm-hmm. you know, coming from? And right. I think it just comes back of, you know, to uh, one is lack of confidence. Right. Um, you know, and, 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 and the second is, you know, just they're trying to preserve. It's the same thing that's happening in the United States. They want to preserve the little thing that they have, but... Right. You know, those things are past and gone. Like I said, everybody, like if you really understand where we are in this 21st century of 2020, like we are all a a melting pot. Like I am not one thing. I am, like I mentioned earlier, I'm not only Wolof. Like I did, I went as as, as far back as, you know, um, getting my DNA tests and I did it on two different sites just to kind of see I mean, obviously, I know my mom's Caucasian. My mom is, you know, a Spanish woman and my dad is a Gambian. Um, But then I, I mean, I knew that it didn't stop there because my dad, um, you know, if he tells you like, you know, his great, great, great grandfather that came from, you know, wherever, see, Dikinaridal, wherever, like in North, Northern Africa, you know, came down, he was a very fair man. And, you know, he was in, you know, um, in the Quran and all that stuff. So I, I was curious. I'm like, I know, you know, everybody will be like, I'm Gambian, yes. I'm Wolof, yes. But, you know, what's really my DNA? What's the makeup of my DNA? And even with my mom being a Spanish woman, we knew that it's not just Spanish because, you know, come on, like, we talk about um, 
you know, dynasties and, and empires back then um, with with the Roman Empire and everything like, you know, in Spain, what could happen? And we knew there was a lot of Muslims that living here during that time. And so I wanted to know that. So even that looking into it, like when I got the results from both of them, which is, you know, bo- both very similar, you know, it's the mixture of, you know, having, you know, my mom has some Italian, some French, some English, I mean, some Irish, sorry some Irish and then obviously Portuguese and then that. And then my dad has, I'm assuming it's North African. They'll tell you it's either, you know, Algeria or or Moroccan. And when I told him, he's like, who got that? I'm like, well, it's it's yours. And the funny thing is like both of them showed up for Nigeria. Right. And he's like, Nigeria, Nigeria. And, you know, and then it comes back to that. Just, you know, we're talking about like, forget um you know your tribals and all that talk about nigerians or senegalese no i'm not senegalese they're frauds or i'm not nigerian they're crooks Mm -hmm. you know so it's like Mm -hmm. we have that in us like Mm -hmm. um you know chinese people they they're stingy Mm -hmm. you know uh, in india like there's always something that we're going to be pointing out from another culture because of so and so and so and it's wrong like in gambia one thing i hate about gambia really it's like if you mix with white or oh, white people are dirty i can't stand it because they're always like i grew up in gambia being bullied by that because you're white you're dirty and i'm like i don't understand what you're talking about and i like till this day i'm telling you two weeks ago i saw it on twitter when somebody was saying i don't know when they when um they, somebody uh, put in I don't know why they want us to be then you are tubabe, then you are tubabe. I don't know why we can't just be black because tubabs are dirtier than us. And I'm thinking, why would you say something, a comment that's stupid? That's a very narrow minded and you know, uh comment because you're just thinking it's one little sect. Okay, majority like we go to French, I mean, yeah, they don't like to shower like that. But why would you generalize? And that's the main thing is people always constantly generalizing and putting everybody in a bucket when it's not like that. Mm-hmm. And I think those are the type of things that we have to look at. But I think it's all insecurities when it comes to it. Like, I don't care if you tell me that I'm not dirty, so I don't care. Right. My family's not. My mom is not. So you can keep saying it. it's the same thing when you can talk about Wolof or you can talk about Spanish people. You can talk about mm-hmm. anything in general. At the end of the day, it just, it just what matters really is as that person, how strong they are to build in it and to believe that you are one thing and you're taking that over your head. Mm-hmm. You are really very narrow minded to believe that, OK, I'm only Mandinka. I'm only, mm-hmm. you know, Wolof. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm only, you know, Jola or, mm-hmm. you know, I'm Spanish or American. We're all melting pots from this world. Like mm-hmm. we have mixed ins from everyone. Like imagine if I was this racist person against or, you know, I don't like Irish people. And then I get my DNA and I get to see that, you know, ha- oh, my goodness, I have some Irish, you know. And then, so what am I going to do? It actually happened. I watched, you know, one of these episodes um, on Finding My Roots. And one of the KKK guys, they did his DNA <laughs> and found out he had some black boy. You know, what What did he look like? A dumb fool. Yeah. Because, you know, you everybody, I mean. We in year 2020, for goodness sakes, there's, we've been passed around for a very long time. Right. You know, so we cannot, Gambians cannot even say they are 100% Gambians. Because like I said, my own dad had 6%, well, I had 6% Nigerian. So telling my dad, I have 6% Nigerian, 
approximately. So roughly you have, there's got to be somewhere where mm. there was intermarrying could go in and go in and going. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So nobody knows. Like if you do your DNA, you could say, okay, I'm Mandinka, but let's say you do, you do your DNA test mm-hmm. and then it comes back. Like you have, you know, traces mm-hmm. of, of, you know, um, folks from Tunisia, mm-hmm. then what? You know, we can sit here like, oh, Narbi, Narbi. But what if that? Right. Or, you know, people from Guinea or people from Mali or people mm-hmm. from, you know, obviously we're all from Senegal anyway, because, like, you know what I mentioned. So we cannot say that. So to say all these things in a small country as Gambia, the small, mm-hmm. smallest <laughs> country in Latin Africa, to have all these problems oh, is just yeah. really, you know, I, I think it's just self-esteem and lack of confidence with, within each other. It's just one thing you got to hold on to have identity. Right. But we should all just have, I, you know, and identify as Gambians, as one. We're just Gambians, period. That's that's. But, you know, we used to have, especially like when we were younger, growing up for us, our mm-hmm. generation, we used to have, you, you know, days when you would go to school and it was kind of in part of the school curriculum or program where you celebrate your individual cultures. So you come dress as, yes, mm-hmm. Commonwealth. But I feel like we need to do something that doesn't have to do with the Commonwealth. Because when I think Commonwealth, I think yes, colonialism, I think isn't. British. So, yes. But us as Gambians, we need to dig into our own mm-hmm. history and teach our children the history. Because also cultural pride can provide children with motivation to succeed and also help them preserve in the face of mm-hmm. obstacles. So cultural pride, really, it's good for children. And um, I feel like it's the job of the parents to teach because ethnic group connections also provide children with the opportunities to cope by sharing other what others can't relate to, but you can relate to. And also, it I feel like it, it has a way of developing strong sense of ethnic identity in the process, but not to differentiate yourself from somebody else but be that's, proud of yep, who you are you got it so for the job that's, that's what we need mm-hmm. yeah you got it Anna. right yeah so for the jola kid in class when they say you know all the jola stand up you stand up with mm-hmm. pride because you know your history you know your tribe you know your culture and it's been taught to you from your parents right. and there's this lineage that you can stand on and say you know, this is why I stand with my shoulders, you know, straight and my head yeah. held high. And I feel like that's the job of the parents. It has to start yeah. at home. So we need to find a way of bringing those things back, of celebrating the different ethnicities yeah. and cultures and celebrating all of them. And then also, you know, encouraging parents to tell their children about what's good about their tribe. Like what's good about being Syrian? What's so great mm-hmm. about being Fula? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not so superficial because I feel like a lot of us don't know the history of our cultures and our right. tribes. We just know like what we hear in the streets, like the just the common things that people spew out of their mouth. But we don't know what is the background. So I feel like we need to bring that back so there'll be a sense of yeah. unity. And, and I think. Hey, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Omer. No, I was just going to say, and I think, you know, we, we can do all that, but at the end of the day, we need to teach what being a Gambian means. That's and it. I think that's the problem that we have, you know, everybody, and I, I am all for, you know, culturally, everybody needs to be embedded. But I think for the majority of the part, that thing is being done that, you know, hey, you, you know, you're a proud Mandinka, you, you know, wear it outside, mm-hmm. but are you being taught to be Gambian? 
are you being taught to have that tolerance of you know tribalistic tolerance and religious tolerance that's very very different now from where we you know what we had growing up i think in our generation we had that it was everybody was the same because you know you'll hear stories where they will tell you you know um uh, for example this i can't think of one but um let's say your grandfather came from senegal and he you know he was a trader he had money he had this big house in banjul and he housed how many other people i mean you hear stories like that i think the last one i was reading on facebook was like um modu musanja whatever where he housed a lot of people that would come in from you know sidabi from the villages and he would house them so they can also get more and more and more but it wasn't one tribe it was the fullers it was manjago it was this it was that so you know you house them and you hear the stories my grandfather did the same thing where he lived in banjo we house other people and i call those i mean till this day some of them are my cousins but well you know blood we are not it's because dikandorling for a very long time we lived in the same home because they will come from outside to come in and find because at that time you know with the slave trade commonwealth you know um uh, british influence they would come to banjo and banjo was the big city that's what everything happened but not a lot of people um had homes so the lucky ones that had homes will have to you know welcome people coming from the outside from guinea from senegal from whatever and that time really gambia was actually even a stronger economy than senegal so they would come and house them and they could come in and start doing and you know starting their life as well and that's how all this but it wasn't like through mandinka and 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 it wasn't it wasn't like that like when your grandfather your grandparents explained those type of stories to you you know there was no lines drawn that this was full of so you not welcome in our home and that was what gambian was at that time and that's how we even you know got raised we were all gambians you don't hear the right. 1940s the 1950s 60s 70s even the 80s and 90s where it was in we were all gambians yes you still have your tribes and you got to be um proud of that like everybody needs to be proud of who you are mm-hmm. but you have to be more so the love of country first which is the oh, love man. of gambia and we all gambians we all are yeah. and that's what needs to be embedded in us and not being taught any other um uh i wouldn't say right. uh, history i mean we can learn that but we need to be teaching gambian history i did not get gambian history did you right no you're right yeah i and the thing is and not to say that you know when we say that um you know we should be gambians we don't want people to perceive that we're saying that loving your tribe and who you are doesn't matter being a tribalist person means that you 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 associate with your tribe but being toxic tribalism is what we're talking about absolutely what we want people to understand is that being proud of your heritage right that should that should absolutely happen but that should not mean putting insulting putting people down or degrading other culture other, other tribes exactly. that's not what being proud of your heritage means and i mm-hmm. in gambia we misunderstand that we mm-hmm. in order to, in order for you to be proud of who you are you need to degrade somebody else Mhm. You know, I mean that just tells me that you are lacking self-esteem so you need to put something mm-hmm. out to feel better about yourself. Bingo. Right? Bingo. Right. Where my mindset is at when I see people do or say certain things what that's telling me is that 
you feel the need to put somebody else down in order to feel better. And so mm-hmm. for me, the reason that I always, I am a little, when it, I'm a, when it comes to saying we should have one main uh, language, I am a bit anxious about that only because what that does is it starts to build intolerance. It starts to build self-entitlement, which we already see, where you hear certain uh, tribes saying, uh, you need to speak my language because I don't speak your language. I've heard that many times in Gambia. And I think Mm -hmm. when we choose one language over the other, all of a sudden, this particular tribe whose language we're all speaking, they feel a little entitlement that everybody has to speak their language. They don't need to make an effort. And in Gambia, we all need to make an effort to know each other's language. That's the truth. So man, man man so therefore, so la could so say, I ain't talking to you. You know, we have people who, who talk like that, who say, if you don't speak my language, I don't, I will not talk to you. That's just ignorance again. I mean, it just goes back to being very ignorant and having that because right now, anyway, English is the most, you know, it's the most, uh, well, it's the Gambian language. Let's just say that it should be the one that's taught in school and so on. But in, and it, I, and that's and it's a shame. shame because I think it, 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 you know, going back to Anna's point, you gotta have one language that everybody needs to at least know. When you go to the U.S., you gotta learn English. I'm sorry. Right. When you come to Spain, you gotta learn Spanish. It's just the real. It is the real thing. Because, but that's because in America, the founding fathers were English speaking. Gambia, the founding fathers are not one language. That's what we need to be realized. There's no funny yes, fathers. But, like, but everybody came. But every, everybody yeah. came to no. In America, though, the ones who did the declaration, all the stuff, they're English speaking. That's why well, the majority of everything that's done in America, it's English speaking. Well, of course, right. That's yeah. Okay, but but at the same time, I just feel like when we talk about Gambia, the setting is okay. different, right? So, and when we talk about Africa in general, the setting is different. You're talking about countries that might have hundreds of different ethnic right. groups and tribes. How are these people supposed right. to communicate? You mm-hmm. like, I feel like Gambians just need to be educated mm-hmm. so we can come out right. of our ignorant mm-hmm. thinking process and engage in a more universal, open-minded thinking that's process. It. Because Nafi, at the end of the day, you know that that's all rooted that's in ignorance. That's- you know, so, yeah, so I just do feel like yeah. Wow. We have to have we have to have one language that everybody mm-hmm. speaks. Everybody speaks your own language. How about we all make an effort to learn each other's language as well? Because sometimes, that sometimes we don't do that. And we do that as a form of uh, I'm more superior than you. You need to learn mine. I mean, here's the oh. thing. Like you have to remember, think about this Gambia right now for Gambia to you know, uh, Gambia to trade, Gambia to make money, trading, a lot of it is Senegal. Without Senegal, a lot of things, it's hard to say, but without Senegal and the trade we have in between us, a lot of people will not eat. And Senegal speaks Wolof. And that's well, why Senegal, they speak Wolof have... and Sarahule. If we're going to be honest, no, mainly it's Wolof. Yeah, right. Mainly everybody, yeah, mainly it's Wolof. So right. people speak Wolof. And so if you have the trade, people wake up in the morning. You have to cross the ferry to go sell or Senegalese have to come buy merchandise, whatever it is, back right. and forth. It's the wall of. So and that's why, 
you know, that's been embedded right now. And I think, you know, things are kind of shifting, but at the end of the day, people speak Wolof. Let's just be honest. Like right. people speak it. And, you know, right. they might not want to say it, but it's all ignorant comments. And everybody needs to have, you know, like you said, making an effort to at least learn another language. And but but that's up to us and the school system. Right. And that goes back to our education that we recorded last week that, you know, where we talking about different languages. And just like we in Spain, my kids are doing French. They're doing, you know, they're doing English, obviously, you know, they're being taught in English, but they do Spanish and they do French. In the Gambia, we were doing French because of Senegal. But why not treat, teach another local language in school? Maybe you do it. But the only written that I know of language, it's Wolof, because Wolof is even taught at UNC Chapel Hill in North Carolina, where I I, uh, was, I mean, grew up in. They teach Wolof. It's actually, there's a full curriculum in Wolof as a language. I mean, just like there's, there's, yeah, just like they have that curriculum in in North Carolina, I feel like the schools in Gambia um, play an important role in supporting ethnic identity exploration Mm -hmm. and pride. They can work to ensure that students' identities are confirmed through educational programming that reflect varied cultures. They can challenge stereotypes by linking ethnic groups to particular academic outcomes. So I feel like the school plays an important role. But first, we as a people need to recognize Mm -hmm. that. That's at home. It starts at home because the thing is, like you said, we need to be proud of who we are. We have to have the parents teach their children strong identity, Mm -hmm. who they are. But not just that, I also challenge Mm -hmm. parents to not to not be putting nonsensical kind of ideology in their children's mind about That's another it. tribe. There you go. But the problem That's is, Lady Gambia, if we're gonna be honest, if we walk down the street, most people don't think very highly of that person. Absolutely. Absolutely. In our minds, are not much. So that's work that we need to do at home with our own children. We are teaching our children that kind of condescending behavior. So they right. grow up and they say to the Jola, you better speak my language because I ain't speaking yours. We're, that's what right. we're teaching our children. So Lolo, right. we need to be careful. I am all for, yeah, let's find a major language. But whatever that major language is, whether it's Wolof, whether it's Mandinka, even, I would be hesitant. Because then all of a sudden we start to be complacent with trying to, you know, enrich other cultures because we're all, we were already thinking that, well, I don't have to make any efforts to learn anybody else's because everybody's learning this one. You know what I mean? So we have to be very mindful what that language is and not to minimize others that's whose language we're not speaking. But clearly we need to find one main language to speak. That's my point. No, I agree. I mean, I don't think that that, that should be like, you know, you need to sell uh, or, you know, make fun of the other tribes or whatever. But I think, you know, that language is already there unless, you know, things kind of change right now. Um, obviously, there's a lot more influence of Mandinkas now because before it was the Wolof and now the more influence of Mandinka. But at the end of the day, you know, like I said, if you're trading, if you go to the market, even the, you know, the, the, the guy from Guinea that came in yesterday mm-hmm. is speaking Wolof. I have, you know, um, staff that are from, you know, Guinea that have 
um, you know, moved to Gambia or from Sierra Leone that are speaking Wolof because that's the main, you know, language now. Or they speak in Wolof and Mandinka both because you're going to get... You have to speak these two right now in Gambia for you biggest, to kind of move along. Biggest, you know, they're the biggest, problem. right? So, Mandinka, um, but kind of a yeah, they are. So, you, I think, at least if not anything, learn the you know the the largest population language, and then you have to also make it an effort, like yeah, you know, to try to speak that language. But, um, but if you come to a country, I'm also too for all of it. Like, if you come to a country and the language that they're speaking, you have to respect it. Yeah, if you come to the United States and they're speaking English. Yeah. I understand, you know, like they always say, do as the Romans do. If they, if they're walking with one foot, you, you do, you know, you do the one foot. Like, you know, I, you know, it's very, I look at it here when we come to Spain, for example, I'm in Spain right now and there's a lot of English influence and there are some that are not even trying and it pisses me off because, yeah, you, you know, I'm like, you're in, you're in their country, honey. Like, you know, this is their country. They want you to try. It's not like they can't try. They'll give you as much as they can, but at least try. Yeah. Especially you going into government offices, you want some kind of paperwork done, but you speaking in English. I look at them. I'm like, buddy, you're going to be here a long time because they're going to show you this is their country. This mm-hmm. is their land. Mm-hmm. So you have to come in. That's right. And you and- have to have that pride. So when you go to, you know, you go to the United States, if it's English, learn the language yeah. and speak in English. You go to, and, you know. And also, our Mary, you look at the Gambians that travel and go out of the country and move to these oh, Scandinavian yeah, countries. Speaking. They're there for one year. They come back Gambian, Benge, yep. like a Swedish. Gambian, Benge, yep. like a German. Gambian, Benge, like a German. Gambian, Benge, So the point is, Gambian you can definitely make the effort to learn another Absolutely. language because Sunden you both Sweden, Jolin for one year in Laka Swedish, Sunden you both German in Laka German, Sunden you both London, Sakin, your book and your in it, in it, in it, take a Ben of Summer again for them. You hit it right, hit it on the head. That's my point. We exactly. are willing to assimilate with each other. Why wouldn't they maybe assimilate with that culture? We learn their language. That you know why that is? That it comes back to the same point. We think the other ones are inferior to us, so we don't want to learn their language. That's what I'm trying to tell you guys to see the bigger picture. Because we are more than happy to learn their language. Why Luta you grow up in a country where we don't even speak our neighbor's language? Come on, bro. That's all it I'm is, but I, I I mean I want to say that too that you know I don't think it's I don't think all of it. I think some may be inferior, but I don't what think it's all about effort? that. I think it's just, you know, because it's not um being um pushed in in schools and you I know was just gonna not, go there too. you know it's it's just one, oh, one of those come things on, you guys. don't have it in schools then people don't you know yeah it is Sunny, because you know that any kid who speaks Wolofula and Mandinka they he didn't learn it at school. No, I know, but what I'm saying is that for, for for majority, I mean, I will take like for example myself. I'll give myself. You know, I wasn't born in Banjul, but I migrated over um, later on, and I ten- attended um, you know primary school and all that. So I'm coming in. I'm trying to learn English because English wasn't the first thing I learned. Um, it was I was well. I actually I, I spoke English because at home my dad, but it was Spanish majority. 
and I'm trying to speak Wolof and Wolof was the main thing. I was like, okay, in school, this is what you speak. But if I went to school and let's say Wolof was being taught and then there was Mandinka or Fula or whatever, I don't have a choice but to learn that. Yeah. Right? So it would have been the same thing. When we got to high school, what was, what was it that we learned? French. We took French for five years. So substitute that French to a Fula. Or maybe even add a French and fuller and call it language. Like here they do lengua. So you have Latin and all that. And so why not have, you know, another language? And you say you pick one. Pick one of your um, local languages that you get to learn. So maybe, you know, Wolof is taught and and fuller or Jola. And then you get to pick one. So at least you have another dialect. So because it's not enforced. But I understand what Dr. Nafi is saying, our Mary. What Dr. Nafi is saying is that Yes, you can encourage the school um, administrative to examine how implicit bias may unintentionally impact relationships Mm -hmm. of students. But at the end of the day, if you give them a language as an elective, Mm -hmm. just like here in America, you'll take French, you graduate Mm -hmm. and you don't speak French. The reason we say tile is because it's the perception. So Dr. Nafi's point is that we need to, as a people, change the perception. Because just putting it in the curriculum. I I completely agree, but it goes back to, too, I'm saying is do it when the child is younger. What we're doing in the Gambia is they wait till high school and you're giving me French. And I'm like, I don't feel like doing French. But if you give it to me at a young, early in primary school and you give me an additional language, like my kids are right now learning French, they don't have a choice because it's going to be for a very longer period of time. And so if I was, or even if I grew up around, like, I'll give you an example. My, my son, TJ, he was, you know, born in the United States, grew up in the United States, right? But when he was two and I decided, well, actually before two, um, two, he started daycare. But before two, when I decided to go back to work, he was only two months old. So I had a nanny. The nanny was a Gambian lady that barely spoke English, but mainly was a Mandinka. My son would speak Mandinka the entire time he was there because that's the only thing was being spoken to him at that time. And when he comes home, he is English. And then obviously I'll throw around wall of here or there. Mm-hmm. Right. So this kid grew up mm-hmm. with all these languages and for the longest he had the mandinka because you know i would send him back even um when he got into daycare two years old he would just go and visit and this was something that was spongy to him because you know kids at that age can pick up so many languages mm-hmm. um because it's you know it's very that's true I'm... but oh mary your home you were open to that's, it right in your I'm home saying. and you weren't like right Wow, you weren't like Kim Sose, Bullock, oh, no, no. Sose. That's what I'm saying. So, so, you know, we can talk about this. It goes back to Nafi's point. I'm agreeing with all of you, but I'm also saying that to enforce something, you got to bring it in mm-hmm. into another level because, you know, we can all say, no, you can, you know, you have to do this, um, you know, be okay with it. But we all know majority, um, I don't want to say majority, but at least, you know, that half will be like, uh, okay, whatever. This is what I believe in, Sunmami, Deslawan, and that's what it is. Yeah. Like we're talking to Mamami, Burlawan. Get over yourself, right? Let me let me just let me just throw in something. Most of the time, right? People that are resistant to change are people that are benefiting from it. Why is it in America when exactly. we, in America when we talk about inclusion? Why is it that a lot of non uh, uh, whites 
sorry, a lot of a lot of a lot of uh, um, non-colored uh, or colored people. Like no, no. If you're black and brown, if you're non-black and brown, that's when you feel threatened, right? Because all of a sudden, mm-hmm. equality to you means you are losing some of your privileges, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's yep. not that it's unfair. Yep. It's just that the, it, mm-hmm. was, it was skewedly in your favor. So now, exactly. To, so we need the the ones that were the minorities to also have an equal share. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. if you were having seventy and they were having thirty, for you to go from seventy to fifty fifty, you feel like you're losing if you were one of the privileged. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's the yeah. same mentality we have that we have to think about. Man, I always say as a as a group of the the majority in Gambia. We have to always be mindful not to always say we are the majority, therefore what we say go, because that's a dangerous analogy to have. We cannot absolutely absolutely by everybody, even the minority, the smallest group has an equal say in Gambia and what goes on in Gambia. So Mm -hmm. I'm always mindful just because man majority does not mean we have to trample on the minorities' rights. I'm always mindful of that. And so we most of most of the time they were not. Most of the time, I mean, well, so yo, you know, all of us was a lulunga or like a paskifi nyofi bari. No, we cannot. I mean, I must say, like, minimize the wall, the, the jolas. We cannot minimize the right. the, the manjagos. That's not right. Um, understand? Yeah, right. And I must say that, like, I'm 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 okay. say you that. are you're right. You're right. But I must say that the government, I, I wanted to say that the government right now, I must say that, you know, one thing that I'm proud of that at least for diversity of, um, of, of tribes, you could see it around, you know, um, in, in the, in the government, like if you look at what the National Assembly or even the ministers and such, you do see that range of um, diversity of, of tribes into it. So I think that, you know, at the end of the day, yes, we do have a lot of the issues and I think it all starts from home. But I think when you're talking about anything, it goes back to being enforced. If we could have something that's being enforced, it would be great because in Senegal, they, you know, they're teaching people in Wolof. Um, there's a, you know, the mm-hmm. Wolof language is actually, there's a curriculum and structure and that's why they can spell and we can. We always like, you know, spell it out in English and we're writing and we say NUP and other people will be like N-O-P-E and another one is N-O-P, you know, and it's like, okay. Right. Like, how do you really, you know what I mean? Um, so, you know, with the H and the X's and all that, sometimes it confuses me, but I'm like, that's the true Wolof, like how they spell it and that's the language. Yeah. And so I think being enforced a little bit of it, it's not going to hurt. And, you know, obviously we're talking about the, the tolerance. I mean, yes, just, you know, that just needs to be around the home. But, you know, you have to think about we just we just completed the education um, as, um, segment episode, mm-hmm. last, you know, last week. And think about the numbers, how many illiterates we have in, in, in ignorant, I would say, a population that we have. Um, not uneducated. No, we're not a really highly educated society, if yeah. you think about it, mm-hmm. overall. Seven not at all, four. right? Yeah, <laughs> so if you think about it, we have a lot of people, lots of Gambians that are outside. So you do, you feel like, oh my God, we have lots of Gambians that are educated. Yes, but when you go into inland Gambia, in Africa, like in, in inland um, Gambia itself, 
and you end the country, that's when you see the ignorance blowing you left, right, like mm-hmm. all over the place. That's why these type of things are just happening. But once you know better, you do better. You know. And that's the majority of the country. Yeah. So I feel like the government needs to have some kind of a tribal inclusivity yeah, exactly. campaign where they go into these, gra- they have a grassroots exactly. campaign where they go into these villages, they go to the up country, they go to Delhi, and they start having these conversations of inclusivity and talking about how each tribe is important and each tribe should mm-hmm. be celebrated. Because we can say that, yes, we can implement it in the school system, but and we're saying it should happen at home. But if nobody comes and tells the parents and the grandparents that, hey, let's try this new thinking where every mm-hmm. tribe is important. Every, every mm-hmm. tribe should be celebrated. They're going to keep thinking the way they're thinking. So there needs to be an active effort and something actionable that comes from the government. So we say, as a country, we have decided as Gambians, since Yai Jame came and just messed us all up, that for us to heal and mm-hmm. move forward mm-hmm. as a nation and as a people, we're going to do something in, 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 in regards to educating our people of a new thinking process. Because 22 yeah. years, imagine how we have time for So how can you convince them but of you anything know what? different? Just to, just to piggyback on what you said, though, if we really are going to be honest, we need to look in our minds. Let's, 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 let's just ask ourselves, why is it that somebody like that came over and wanted to move his tribe up? Why do you think that is? Because his tribe has been shit on for generations. Of course. Well, of we course. We continue this tribal, you know, toxic tribal mentality. Next, yeah. it's going to be a fuller president who's doing that. And then it's, right. be a, 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 you know, right. a Sarahula president or a Manjago president because yeah. they've been shit on for years where people... Mm-hmm. nobodies so when they rise to power they you know what they want their people celebrated and the ones who mm-hmm. have been in their eyes the ones who have been the oppressor meaning mainly Wolofs and mandinkas because we're the majority then they're gonna want to mm-hmm. treat us badly mm-hmm. so at the end of the day, what i'm saying yeah. is we need to make sure that as a, a since from like in every household toxic tribalism is being taught day and night when we mm-hmm. we laugh about it, we kiki about it, and we think it's just nothing. It's okay. But it's pretty dangerous. Mm-hmm. And you breathe this in, yeah. you teach your next generation, the children, that. And so some people yeah. are feeling, well, I'm on the top because I'm in the minority group. And then you have right. others who are feeling so marginalized and they're feeling so yeah. embarrassed about who they are because society tells them they're nothing. When they become powerful or they go into power, Guess what? They are going to be in retaliation mode. And that's what happened in the 22 years that we saw. So you yeah. need to talk about that. This is something that was created before he became president. Mm-hmm. So where he's, mm. his, his tribe was degraded and, and, and made to feel like nobodies is what we need to talk about. And just because that his culture, his, his tribe was a minority culture, didn't mm-hmm. any less important. So right. Teach our children that one thing that's interesting for me, Saka, if you go to Gambia and you do something and become somebody, all of a sudden mm-hmm. he wants to know who are you? What tribe are you from? I am a Gambian. That's it. You know, mm-hmm. when I volunteer and do the medical mission, I, mm-hmm. I was at one of the clinics and a, a lady approached me and I gave her medication. I treated her. Usually when people come in, I speak. 
I greet them in a language. And if they don't respond, then I know they don't speak that. Then I speak a different language. Or I ask them, what do you speak? You know? And, um, and so the lady came in, we greeted each other. And uh, after I gave her medications and everything, um, she said to me, you know, uh, what's your last name? And I said to her, uh, Cisse, right? And all of a sudden, she wanted to put me in a box, right? Cisse, mm -hmm. Cisse from where? You know, what, what tribe are you? She said. And for me, if you want to piss me off, you say that. And she was trying to put me in a category. So she said, mm -hmm. what Cisse are you? What tribe are you? You know? Ah, you're okay. You must be Cisse. You must be Wolof, she said to me. She was mm. lady, so I didn't want to be rude. So I just said to her, mom, uh, ma'am, you know, um, I'm just a Gambia. At first, before she even asked me, what, what, what tribe are you? Twice, she said, what tribe are you? I said, ma'am, I'm just Gambian, you know? And she said, well, what, 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 what tribe are you? You know, they're not mm. telling them I'm just Gambian. Yeah, the she old said, people, mom. Yeah, she said, I know you're Gambian, but what tribe are you? I said, I'm just, I'm just Gambian. And then she said, well, mm. and then I smiled, you know, because mm -hmm. I'm thinking, here's that mentality that we're trying to perpetuate again. Mm -hmm. Only our own does best. Only our own. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I don't like mm -hmm. to do that because that narrows our mind of other people that we live with in the society. Mm -hmm. And that could, mm -hmm. a, that could have been a wall, a saucy man, a saucy or a, a full full saying the same thing to me. We had it's not right. the wallops that think that way, you know. Mm -hmm. All the tri all the old tribes have stuff like that going on where we always say, "Wow, okay." You know, the mandinkas would meaning they're touting that, of course, you're a good person. You can't be anything but mandinka. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Right. And, and so I mm -hmm. didn't like that. She made me feel that way. And so I just kept telling her that I was just, I was just Gambian. And that's such, that should be enough. I don't need to be put in a box of who I am. You know what I mean? Because that just breeds intolerance of the others that we live with and habitate right. with. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, And, you know, looking in from the outside, um, sorry, yeah. Nafi, before I lose this thought, I think it's so, so funny because my husband, having lived in the Gambia with me and the kids, he really enjoyed the fact that in the Gambian community, we're able to joke <laughs> about each other's tribes because yeah. he's from mm -hmm. Rwanda. You can't even say that yeah. you're Hutu or you're Tutsi <laughs> anymore. What's happened over the years in the history of the country is when the Hutus get in place, the Tutsis yeah. are being killed and mm -hmm. suffering. When the Tutsis get in place, the yeah. Hutus are being killed and yeah. suffering. So I get what you're saying that if we're yeah. not careful, that's what yeah, we're exactly. going to breed in Gambia. So yeah. when the Mandinka gets in office, exactly. it's power right. to Mandinka. When the Jola gets yeah. in exactly. office, it's power right. to Jola and, and, and so on and so forth. But I think what he really enjoyed, he was like, it's so amazing that you guys can actually call yourself what you are claim it be mm -hmm. proud of it but also there's a joke and a playful mm -hmm. way in which you guys there's a banter mm -hmm. between yeah. the Sirir and the Jola and the Fula and the Sirir and you know and he was yeah. like this is beautiful he was like I wish we had this in my country and only to when you you mm -hmm. know unpack the layers you realize the toxicness mm -hmm. that's there and I feel like we need to get rid of the toxicness and get back to that place where all of us as Gambians could just joke and and yeah. and have fun with each other, recognize each other's differences, yeah. but celebrate it. So, oh, Mary, I was just going to ask, you know, 
what are you going to hit us up with today? What language you feel like? Um, My goodness. You know, after all this talk, really, I think I'll just stick with the fuller today. Oh. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm just like, you know, yeah. I'm just, I'm just feeling that like, you know, it's one that nobody wants to talk about. And with some devils, you know, with some, with some women, with some fine women. So, you don't even know. You're talking about tolerance. To speak right now. When you respond to the mother, we'll continue. That's it. Money. <laughs> Anna is dying over here. Anna, Anna, say it. Be wahalde, Anna. Represent. She can't. She can't even say that. Man, door nala Door, door nala say it. Be door nala kolbi. Door nala. Fim ne nilan mo des jola. Sumo. No. Naka kasume. Huh? ก็สมัยเนี่ยเลกิสุโมเลมันบ่มาบ่มาบุกมันบ่มามุนรักเออโอเคโอเคเจ๋งหังกะอวอวอวอยอไกมอมอ่านักอินเตอร์อินเตอ
But we have to be inclusive mm-hmm. and represent each other. It doesn't have to be our tribe always. You know what I mean? And that's absolutely that's pretty much what we're trying to spread. That that at the end of the yes. day, we're all Gambians, you know, and we need to need we, we need we're stronger united. So pretty much we need to see it from that point of view instead of the survival, you know, uh, of the fittest kind of mentality. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. But let's hit it. Go ahead. What is in what I'm being tribalism la? What I Adai ak hek yu bari ne ka suñ dekabe amona time banyul ak gambia yep da fa nexon time bo xamne serer ye poli dañu sey jolaye olofi dañu sey be pare saraxule yi ak sosay dañu sey be pare ñun ñep ñu nek bena ñun ñep ñu jappante lolu lañ buga delo ci ci suñ bir dekabe because yaya jamme bim ñew yi da fa def lu bon lo xamne daf ñu xajjo ku nek nga tok ci sa side jola bi du wax lu bax ci serer bi pol bi du wax lu bax ci olof bi te lolu lañ bëgg gini dañ bëgg ñu jappalante ñun ñep ñu ngi ni légui da nga tok bi xalé yi suñ paré pour sey ñuy léna ayé ñiñ bëgg sëyal because hitna ki hét bi la ki hét bi la man duma mayé suma dom ci jolaay man duma mayé suma dom ci serer yi olof bi né du may dom domam ci bir pol yi yoyu yépp dañ ko wara gini suñ digënté ñun ñep dañ joggé ci ci background bo xamné ken hamut sa hét because ñun ñepp ja xass paxass amona tay da nga dem kër yo xamné bena kër ding fa fekk jola ding fa fekk serer ding fa fekk pol ding fa fekk olof ding ka ding fa fekk manjago be pare ñun ñepp dañu dekka ak baneex so lool liñ bëgga jëlo be pare dañ bëgga duggal ko tamit ci suñ bir school yi ndax xale yi xam ne ñom liñ nekka dañ ci wara taxaw mu deggir te oor len ne ñom kën gënu len ñun kën gënu yi fi gënaat le lañ wara gëne suñ dëkka bayyi fi gënaat legi kën gënu sa morom ñun ñepp nit le ñun ñepp nge nokké bëna bakkel nit gi sax yow gënu lo xacc because xacc bi yaala ko bindé fi yaala la comme yow ni nga nekké bindé fi yaala so ñun nit yi ñeen waru ñoo tok di xajalo ba pare di gënaat le so lool lañu waxtan tay né lool lañ bëgga délo ci suñ bir dëkk bi ndax ñu jappalanté ñu nekk bëna ñun ñepp gambian lañ ignore_time_segment_in_scoring you know isaaje mbeka nyoma koy bari mbuka nyoo hasidia bari saeng niafo you know serero safo ko ntete futula jolaaye ñun man ding ko yaafo ntete futula surwaaye wala ntele fisiata ñenti ali ñantan ka wole bula ndun ñin kool be jama jama aka folo dindi yaleto ni dindi ya ni be dindi yaare ya moy baama ni faama be ñin kool fola suwako diamo sifa dol bi je ali kan hakkiloto because ndingol ba karankan ne nka mumfo nka mumfo mo 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 kotento comme on ko ni mo sifal betenne ni ndol betenne dindingol ba be karankan 
so alinga hakilo tunka kubete fo nyokang fo mu fuloleti bam fo mu mo sifaleti nkan hakilo tunyi nyondia mu kurun sifato kamun fo nyoye so bitun nakachamu woleti bi anim fanan kachata do mondin ka foko natare mu fenkoleti mansa dingoleti wala foite mu faraboleti wala mu jongoleti wo nyondia mu sifa fanan nyantan kan hakilo tuje because ate banna hanin na mandin ka ya fenko ko no fan abije ha kana futu nyi mari mu faraboleti ha nyi do mu jali dingoleti te futu laaye ni ala ya fo nyaame mbemu mol mbemu moleti doron lakila lorungo foy mu foy mu imu jongoleti bam foy mu man sadingoleti foy mu faraboleti bam wo amang 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 class soto ala nya lakira lorungo to mo imu mo doron neti islam man so wonyon ku sifalan katu mo faram fansila ka fo ko imu nyineti ite manke fenti nyindole nyindolo man sadingoti nyanta wole kuliandila alinga wonyon jika sifale bula so bitun nakachabi be mu munti wolo be mo killing foy musurwati wo mandinko jola you know be mu hadama dingoleti be mu nyoleti alinga nyo kundi gambia because mbele danta gambiela kilima wara kilinti gambia foni mo fo mandinko siata nyawo nya jolalti wo matina ye sembosa to katambiti gambiela lo lo kuoto so alinga hakilo tuoti ning hakilo kata molnga nkabalafa nyoe because mo be mu moleti la kere lolungo so bitumbin na kachamu no woleti dronko nga try nga nyen tribalism ka bondin na sate wokono kataranyo fenkela ni ibota mo sifal mun kono woyatin nale iray mu mo betoti wala manke mo betoti so kachamu woleti bi all right yo there we go that is awesome so you guys want to talk about your takeaways on this right quick Sure. Um, how about you? You start. Go ahead and start. Oh, so what I would say, I think, wow, I think overall we touched on a lot of great things today. So I'm glad we had this conversation. Um, and 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 it, in Gambia, most of the time when we talk about tribalism, I think that it hits a nerve. Everybody seems mm-hmm. a bit uh, a bit um, you know on edge about it because we're all thinking we need to represent our own. And I think overall, our own is Gambia. End of story. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and so we don't need to get too caught up in what tribe are you from? What what caste system are you? Are you Gere? Are you Gewil? We need to not be getting ourselves caught up in that. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, this belief system is still being passed down. There are people in mm-hmm. our generation that are still using some of these words that our grandparents and our parents have used. And some So right. in our call in our generation are still using it and they are perpetuating the cycle so mm-hmm. what we need to do is we need to all learn tolerance gambia is not mm-hmm. owned by any one tribe gambia is owned by mm-hmm. every tribe and so Everybody, and right. so we need to be more tolerant of each other and i think we need to celebrate our differences instead of using it as 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 way way of um you know putting each other down we need to celebrate mm-hmm. that and and once we do that we wouldn't find anybody saying oh i don't want this you know i don't want this call, uh, tribe represented or this tribe needs to do this and needs to do that and be more of this i think we when we all have this um feeling that Gambia belongs to all of us and no one tribe is more important than the other that's when we that's when we start to include everybody and not make any single tribe an outcast because at the end mm-hmm. of the day my take off point is just that we are all one there's hardly a household mm-hmm. in Gambia where people are not related with each other right 
already mm-hmm. talked about like right. my my own background, my own family. There's Mandinka, there's Wolof, there's Aku, there's uh, Fula, there's, there's all kinds of stuff, you know. So we don't have room. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. we're all one Gambia. There is no room for hatred and there's no room. Right. And that's my takeaway. That's very true. I think that's a good one. Um, Anna, how about you? I think my, Nafi, you really covered it all. I think my takeaway is just that as Gambians, we should get back to a place of being united. Um, We should get back to a place of celebrating each other. We should get back to a place of having some kind of national Mm -hmm. pride. Mm -hmm. Um, It all starts with recognizing that Mm -hmm. we are all Gambian and we are all amazing. At the end of the day, when people talk about Gambian stereotype, they're not breaking us down and identifying us by tribe. They're saying Mm -hmm. Gambian Mm -hmm. people. So we have to remember that on the Mm -hmm. international stage, we are one. So when Dr. Nafi does well, it reflects very well on Mm -hmm. all Gambian people. When our Mary Mm -hmm. does well and excels, Mm -hmm. it reflects Mm -hmm. well on all of us. So let's focus on being Gambians Mm -hmm. and less on Mm -hmm. what tribe you are and this idea of, you know, just breaking each other down. I feel like that's just unfortunate that that's where Mm -hmm. we are, but we Mm -hmm. can always do better. Absolutely. I think you guys really covered it all. Um, It's just... No, I think it should be country first, um, you know, the love of country um, that, you know, obviously you love, you know, your tribe and all that, but think about the Gambia as one as whole and, you know, come together and let this old and primitive and, you know, ignorant way of thinking should be just gone at the door so we can all, you know, prosper and, and grow as people. Mm-hmm. So, Amen. Mm-hmm. All right. Love, ladies.